Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the Supreme Court. The final decisions of the high court's term are expected today, and among them is a ruling on President Biden's student loan relief program. Amy Morris has a preview from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The administration's program would erase up to $20,000 of federal student loan debt for 40 million borrowers. Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr says there are questions about the case and the challenges. During arguments, the court seemed pretty skeptical that he had the authority to do that. But there is a lingering question about whether the states and others challenging the, the plan have legal standing to even get into court. No matter what the ruling is today, the payment pause is lifted and borrowers must resume their monthly payments in October until the Education Department can process their debt relief applications, that is, if the court allows the program to continue. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, today's rulings come after a decision yesterday that reversed decades of precedent in college admissions. In a 6-3 vote, the justices ruled that race can no longer be considered in enrollment decisions, and that drew a harsh response from President Biden. If a student has, has overcome, had to overcome adversity, on their path to education. The college should recognize and value that. Our nation's colleges and universities should be engines of expanding opportunity through upward mobility. But today, too often, that's not the case. And the president says the court is putting its legitimacy in doubt, but he still opposes large-scale reforms like expanding the court or imposing term limits on justices. Well, the just, uh, the uh, decision, Karen, is drawing sharp response from other Democrats on Capitol Hill. Congresswoman Robin Kelly says universities should still push for diverse student bodies even after the ruling. The promise of America is big enough for all of us to succeed. And I just hope that colleges uh, will continue their mission of bringing in a diverse student body, legally, of course, not breaking any rules, but it is so important for the college and for society. Democrat Robin Kelly of Illinois spoke with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Listen weekdays 1 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio or on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Well, another note out of Washington this morning, Nathan. We're learning a man who took part in the January 6th attack on the Capitol has been arrested in the neighborhood where former President Barack Obama lives. Reports say the man had weapons and explosive materials. It was not known if Obama and his family were home at the time. Right, let's turn to markets now, Karen. This is the final trading day of the first half of the year, and it has been a good 2023 for the Bulls, leading the gains, the tech-heavy Nasdaq. It has surged almost 30% this year. Shares of Apple have helped fuel the rally. Now the tech giant's on the cusp of becoming the first company with a market value of $3 trillion. Still, there is caution in the air. Sonia Maskin is head of U.S. Macro at BNY Mellon. I think the risk is really, frankly, in equities. I think I'd be quite cautious about and very mindful of equity selection process here uh, because higher term premium and higher real rates are not necessarily equities friend. BNY Mellon's Sonia Meskin notes the S&P 500 has now posted gains for three straight quarters. Well, helping boost sentiment today, Nathan, is the belief that the Federal Reserve is almost done raising rates, even though Fed Chair Jay Powell signaled two more hikes are on the way. Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic disagrees and thinks the Fed should pause. The median committee participant believes the FOMC needs to do more to get inflation back to our target. And here I have to confess, 
I do not fully share this view. And speaking in Ireland, Raphael Bostic said he thinks the policy rate should hold steady because of signs that inflation is easing and the labor market is cooling. Well, members of the Fed are going to get more key data today, Karen, ahead of next month's policy decision. This morning, we get PCE price data plus readings on household income and spending. Bloomberg's Michael McKee has a preview. Americans likely continued to spend more in May, but not a whole lot. Analysts are predicting a pullback as people ran down their pandemic savings and tired of buying stuff. The question is, will spending on services continue to surprise, as it did in the first quarter, helping push GDP growth through March to 2% from 1.4%. The Fed in particular will also be focused on the May PCE inflation numbers. While core inflation is forecast to remain sticky, headline inflation should drop below 4% for the first time since the pandemic. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. Well, economic data is also in focus in Asia today. China's economy decelerated in June as manufacturing activity contracted once again. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. The official PMI was 49, matching estimates, but barely up from May. The non-manufacturing gauge slipped to 53.2 from 54.5 the prior month. While slightly disappointing, at least it was firmly in expansion. Now, the numbers suggest the government will dole out more stimulus. It's not that there hasn't been an effort to provide support, but the question remains, is it working? New orders, export orders, and gauges on employment all below 50. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Brian, thanks. Back here in the U.S., shares of Nike are down nearly 4%. The outlook for the full year failed to win over Wall Street. Sales topped estimates, but profit fell short. And for that look at other stories making news in New York and around the world, we are joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good Friday morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The verdicts are in on charges for the former Florida sheriff's deputy who was first on the scene at the 2018 Parkland school shooting, but took cover instead of taking action. Bloomberg's Dan Schwartzman reports. Former Broward County Deputy Scott Peterson has been acquitted on felony child neglect charges, amongst other charges, for failing to act during the Parkland School Massacre back in 2018 that left 17 dead. Peterson, who at the time was a campus deputy at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, was accused of failing to confront shooter Nicholas Cruz as he went on his rampage. Video shows Peterson taking cover in the alcove of a neighboring building from the shooting with his gun drawn and not moving from that location for over 40 minutes until well after other officers stormed the building and captured Cruz. In New York, I'm Dan Schwartzman, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York City Mayor Eric Adams defended his handling of migrants arriving in the city from Republican-led states. Adams said he has visited El Paso, Texas, where he saw migrant families sleeping in the airport and on the streets. The mayor said while New York will seek help to ease the burden on the city, it will not refuse care to migrants. We have navigated over 70,000 people in our city no child or family are sleeping on the streets of the city of New York. Mayor Adams made his comments while taking questions on the city's budget. Adams and the city council speaker struck a deal on a record $107 billion budget. The agreement, which comes as the city faces a potentially deteriorating economic climate, will cut some funding for Rikers Island and homeless services. Republican Representative George Santos returns to a New York court today for the first time since pleading not guilty last month to fraud charges. The hearing for the Long Island congressman is expected to focus on future court dates. Among other things, Santos is accused of duping donors, stealing from his campaign, and collecting fraudulent unemployment benefits. The holiday travel rush is on after what's been a stressful week for travelers. 
with more than 600 flights canceled yesterday alone and more than 7,000 canceled since Saturday. Passengers are on edge with bags piling up at airports. Some people stranded for days and the TSA says today will be its busiest of the holiday weekend. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. Yankees and Mets both displayed game number 81. So halfway through, Yankees at 45 and 36. They'll have a tough time repeating as AL East champ. They're nine and a half games behind Tampa Bay. But they figured a battle for a wild card in Oakland. They trailed 3-1, to one, exploded for eight runs in the sixth inning, beat the lowly A's 10-4 to four to win the series. This win coming after the Domingo Herman perfect game. Here's Aaron Boone. I thought the guys were really energetic, almost that like euphoric. Didn't even have time to think. Of, it's like, here we go. Let's go tomorrow. And you're coming off the high of, of Domingo. So, um, so I, I really thought the energy was really good. Josh Bader, three hits. Isaiah Connor for left a homer. Drove in three runs. Yankees played tonight in St. Louis. The Cardinals, a huge first-half disappointment after winning the NL Central last season. They're in last place. They're 14 games under 500. And the Mets... Not all that much better after 101 wins a year ago. Their record halfway through, 36-45. and 45. They've lost 18 of their last 24 games. Beaten again by Milwaukee at City Field, 3-2. Mets got back-to-back home runs, third inning. Brett Beatty, Brandon Nimmo, they led 2-0 with Max Scherzer on the mound, but they didn't score again. The Liberty, a much-hyped team this season, but the class of the WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces, won the championship last season. They are 14-1. They beat the Liberty by 17. NBA free agency about to kick off. Kyrie Irving on the list. There's a report he's talking to the Phoenix Suns. James Harden, his one-time teammate in Brooklyn, opted in in Philadelphia to make $35 million. He could still get traded by the Sixers. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business app, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. President Biden is delivering his strongest criticism of the Supreme Court yet following its decision to end affirmative action, essentially, in college admissions. At the White House yesterday, the president told reporters, quote, this is not a normal court. Then he expanded on that in an interview on MSNBC. I just find it um, just so out of sorts with the basic value system of the American people. The vast majority of the American people don't agree with a lot of the decisions this court is making. Yeah, that was the president yesterday following that affirmative action decision. And this court has yet another high profile decision coming today on the final day of its term on the president's student debt relief program. For more on the politics of the high court, we are joined by Julie Norman, the co-director of the Center on U.S. Politics at University College London. Julie, it's good to speak with you once again. There have been so many questions over the last several months about the standing of this Supreme Court now following the decisions that are coming at the end of this term, how would you assess the legitimacy of the Supreme Court right now as an institution? Well, good morning, Nathan. Uh, you know, I would say the, the ruling that we saw yesterday in affirmative action was certainly expected. Um, we've also seen several unexpected decisions, especially regarding voting rights and uh, preserving legislature say in that. So I would say it's been a mix so far this season with the court's rulings of expected and unexpected. But I would say um, I would Biden's comments, I think, are shared by by many that this is an unusual court. But I would say the rulings that we're seeing come down are actually pretty rational and, and pretty much a mix of, of what you would expect from from many Supreme Court. So I would I would personally hesitate from saying this is particularly unusual. Yeah, it, it is interesting to hear the president go so far as to say this is not a normal court. You think about as well the decision last year on overturning abortion rights. What is the potential risk for the president to come so hard against the Supreme Court, at least rhetorically? Yeah, so I think this is something that Biden uh, played right politically with abortion because Democrats did get a big boost out of that. And that's mainly because it's an issue that matters to a lot of people, I think, regardless of what Biden said about it or not. Um, regarding affirmative action, again, for Democrats, this has been a big issue within the party. But somewhat contrary to Biden's comments, um, public opinion is rather split on this. You know, the majority of Americans do not support the inclusion of race in college admissions. And even among Democrats, it's quite split. And we saw that with California in 2020 trying to bring affirmative action back. And California, a very liberal state, um, you know, 57 percent said, no, we don't want affirmative action back. So I would say public opinion is much more nuanced on this issue than I think Biden uh, and many Democrats have portrayed it to be. What does it tell you, Julie, that the Supreme Court has waited until the final day of its term to come out with its decision on a case that is going to affect the president's political standing pretty directly, I think it's pretty safe to say, on the student debt relief program, which is so popular with his young, educated Democratic voter base? Well, yeah. So, Nathan, we usually see the court wait until the very last couple of days to release the most controversial rulings. So affirmative action yesterday, probably student loans today. Um, and the student loan relief was, again, an executive action that Biden put in place last year to uh, to relieve debt up to 20,000 uh, for some applicants and up to 10,000 for others. Um, the court you know, has been hearing arguments that this is executive overreach, and it's expected that they will likely um, put a stop to that. So while affirmative action has its own implications, I think the case today certainly has political implications because it's really the Justice Department, the, um, the Supreme Court putting a very direct check 
on Biden and on the executive. And that's politically going to be, um, you know, that's going to hit Biden. But I would and say this is something that was somewhat expected if this is the way it comes out. Is this a kind of political impact that could have implications into 2024? Got about a minute left. I think it would. I mean, the, tw- the the student loan program definitely helped Democrats in the midterms. And I think many of them knew that, even knowing that it might get struck down later. Um, I think realistically, you know, this is something that matters for many of Democrats' base. I think it matters for getting support for Biden and many uh, Democrats in primaries. But at the end of the day, again, this was also an issue that was very controversial. Many working class voters in particular felt left out of loan relief that was going to students and not to say small businesses or, or other enterprises. So in the, t- the general elections, I could say this could come out in a wash, but it was definitely galvanizing for many young Democrats in particular to come out and support Biden, support the Democrats in the polls. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.